TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozolik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Waslick. I'm Dr. Yana James. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this week we're talking about navigating... Okay, well, this week we're talking about navigating a non-paleo party. And I know, I know this is a challenge for you because... You know, all of us want to be paleo and we want to do the best that we can, but we can be faced with these situations where the host of a party or wherever you're going for the party just really aren't meshing with your philosophies and you tend to get peer pressured sometimes into making decisions that you don't want to make and then you go home and you suffer because you've eaten something that you know doesn't agree with you. So today we're going to give you some strategies on kind of how to cope with this and and I know as a wellness coach, this is probably one of the main things that people come in to talk to me about, or at least the main reason that people go off track. So we definitely want to give you some strategies today. Absolutely. So I think probably the, the first thing to start off with is, you know, your why. Why are you doing paleo? And I think it always comes back to that. Why do you choose to eat the way that you choose to eat? And I suppose, what are the consequences when you don't? But, I mean, this is probably a, the area that Brett and I and I've noticed lately were quite different in that someone was talking about whether you're running away from the dog or chasing the carrot. Yeah. And I know I'm the person running away from the dog, right? I've always got to have a reason to not do something. Whereas for Brett, it's very much, okay, what do I want to achieve? What do I want to do? What am I going for in the future? And as much as I'd like to think I was a carrot person and I've tried to change that mentality, it's just not there. So for me, my motivating factors are the things that um, come about that are negative as a result of not eating paleo. Yeah. That fair, yeah, I think, you know, Anthony Robbins talks about that a lot and he talks about it as being, you know, pleasure and pain as the yes. two things that motivate people. And so you're either motivated by pleasure or you're motivated by pain or sometimes by both. And I think that's a really important part of this is getting really real with what it is that's motivating you. But, but also looking at that from a bit of a bigger picture. So realizing that perhaps by going to this party and, not, and eating paleo or not eating non-paleo perhaps is more accurate in this instance, it's not that I'm denying myself. Like you need to think about what you're gaining, not just yeah. what you're losing. And I think so often Absolutely. we can get so caught in the fact that, oh, I'm denying myself, I'll feel bad, I'm losing out, I'm missing out. Whereas in reality, if you look at it from a more global balance perspective, you're probably actually gaining, or I think you're definitely actually gaining far more than you're losing. Mm. It, you just have to take that sort of bigger picture approach and, and you know look down on it from that higher perspective and say, well, okay, what's the balance of you know power here? Like, am I actually gaining or losing more? And I think, I think every time you do that, the healthier choice always wins. Like, if you really look at it objectively, that healthy choice does win out. And so, once you start to change that perspective, then you think, well, actually, if I come to this party, if I actually eat that, I'm doing myself a disservice. Like, I'm actually punishing myself by going and eating that food. Whereas perhaps before you were thinking of it as rewarding yourself by going and eating that food. And I think that change in perspective can be really important as well. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, and I guess just to put it simply, it's what's it worth to you, Yeah. right? So so really, how are you going to feel afterwards? How do you feel now? How do you want to feel the next day? And that kind of kind of brings me to another point, which is 
if you are going to go to a party to plan the outcome of the party before you actually go to it. So before you go to the party, kind of assess what it's going to be like for you, um, decide where the pain points are going to be, and decide before you go to the party what you want the outcome to be. So that when you show up, that peer pressure or the temptation of the things that are there, you're actually prepared for it ahead of time. And that was something um, Dean Dwyer said on his podcast, and I just absolutely loved it. it. Because the decision is already made for you before you get to the party. It's not an impulsive decision. So you can decide that, yes, you want to eat something or no, you don't want to eat something or you want to drink or not drink. But as long as that decision is made before you actually go, that will be the best decision for you. Yeah. And I think that's the point I was going to make as well is, yeah, it is about making that decision and making an informed decision. And so long as you've gone and taken that biggest perspective and looked at it and looked at the, the pros and cons from a more global, longer term perspective, you might still choose that you're going to eat that party food and that's completely okay. Like if you've made a conscious choice that that's what you want to do and that's the very best thing for you to do right now, then that's cool. And that's what we want you to do. Like it's not about, you know, denying yourself or depriving yourself. It's about making an informed decision based on all of the information. And then whatever you choose to do from there is what's right for you. And I reckon that's great. Yeah. And I, I, I like, um, you know, deciding beforehand. And for me, I'm a very visual person. So even like imagining the scenario playing out and that, that for me works really well to get a sort of a three-dimensional idea of what that's like. Um, and I found that so, so useful. Yeah. For, like for me, I've talked on this podcast before about how I felt you know, when I had a pizza, for example, and it could have been an impulsive decision or even a planned decision to have that pizza. But for me, I've decided now it's actually not worth it to me to have that pizza because the whole next day I'm a different person. Like I'm extremely grumpy. And I think that's another really important part about these parties is not just planning the outcome of the party, but know what you have to do the next day as well. Like, do you want, do you, can you afford the time to be hungover? Even if that's not alcohol, it could be a food hangover. hangover. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, depending on the person, that food hangover could last days. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, um, for me and we, we, we have a very bad relationship and that is a hangover that lasts days and sometimes even weeks. And, um, I, I think for people like myself, sometimes the the reminder of it isn't enough and to diarize it, to write it down somewhere and have it in hard copy so that you're not continually convincing yourself that it's not that bad. That's Mm. a really good thing to do as well because don't forget if you do go to a party and you make some choices that weren't 100% where you were wanting to be because you haven't had the time or haven't sat down and, and visualized it, it it's still a really good opportunity for you to remind yourself why you don't eat that way. And, you know, I've got so many people that come in and they're, they're, you know, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I went and did this. And, and, but they always come back with, it was such a good experience because now I can see that I'm, you know, that food really doesn't suit me. And I didn't realize how bad I was feeling when I was eating that food before. And now I've just reminded myself that yes, even though it seems like a difficult decision day to day to stay paleo compared to the rest of the world that's out there, it's actually the best thing for me. Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing with this, and I reckon we'll talk more about kids and parties later Mm. on, because I think that's really important, but I actually did make pizzas on the weekend at my house and they were actually paleo pizzas. So they're completely Mm. an egg base with toppings on top with no cheese or anything like that. And, uh, but when I told Tom we were making pizzas, he got really worried. He's like, yeah, but dad, like pizza, like that's going to make me feel tired and grumpy. And he was kind of like going, I don't know if I want this pizza, dad, which is really, and so I had to explain to him that actually, no, this is a paleo pizza. It doesn't have the 
those things are going to make you feel bad. But it was just a really good example that if you teach people to think about it from that bigger perspective and look at it longer term, that even kids will get it. Like they get that they feel, and particularly if you point it out to them, as you said, when they do mm. do it, when they do eat that food that's not ideal for them and point out to them how they feel and what happens, they actually get that and go, well, actually, I don't want to make that choice next time. I actually, I want to make a different choice next time. And that's the super exciting thing is when they're making a conscious choice. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's worth talking about how often these parties happen as yeah. well, right? So is this something that you're doing, you know, once a week, multiple times a week, or is this going to be a kind of a a rare occurrence for you? Are you some social butterfly that's always, you know, out at restaurants every night of the week? Or is this kind of a, a special treat for you? Yeah. And so also, you know, if it's part of your job, um, that often comes up for people that they, they have to go out on these socializing events. So definitely having some strategies like Steph comes up with her well, with in her wellness coaching sessions that help you have a strategy in place if something does happen impromptu, right? And I think that's the key, like whether it's a regular thing or whether it's a one-off thing, is it's that planning. Is it having a strategy of, okay, this I know this is going to happen. Because most of the time you know in advance it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so then, okay, I know this is going to happen. How can I plan for that? So perhaps, Steph, you know, you're the wellness coach here. Let's, mm-hmm. let's start talking about some strategies of how we can plan and prepare for a party. Yeah. Well, one thing I was just going to say before that is like, if it is a once-off occurrence, we never want you to be beating yourself up about this, right? So it's really important, like actually beating yourself up over making food decisions can be more detrimental to your health than actually just eating the food in the first place. Absolutely. So stress response, right? Yeah. That said, that probably doesn't apply if you're doing it three times a week right (laughs) then it's probably not really considered part part of a healthy lifestyle so i guess in these situations we're going to talk about if it is happening more often um is that fair guys yeah yeah, absolutely. So, and, it's, and it's also about learning from it. Like if yeah. you do have a one-off situation and it happens and you and you do make it and you go, well, you know what, just for tonight, I'm just going to eat it because it's easier and I don't want to stress myself out. But what you should do is go away from that and think, okay, if that was to happen again, I wonder what I could do differently next time. Yeah, you know? And I yeah. think it's that learning process that's probably the most important part of it. So so notice how you feel afterwards. Feel what happens to your body afterwards. Notice, you know, make a decision whether that's what you want to do again. And if you don't want to do that again, then you've got to start thinking well, okay if it does happen again how can I do it differently and that's I guess what we're going to talk that's about what we're now. Going to talk about today so one thing that I like to tell people is that and um I can't remember where I got this idea it was at the mind form I think but is that if you are going to be doing this on a regular occurrence you can actually give yourself kind of like a monthly allowance for example so let's say um you really like coffee and this is just something that you, you know, you know that when you get into a social, social situation, you're just going to have to have a coffee and you really like it. If you actually give yourself a monthly or a weekly allowance for that coffee and say, and then you decide on each instance if it's worth using up that ticket. So, so much like budgeting money, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it's just a bit like budgeting. So I think for people who aren't going to be 100% paleo, that just gets you thinking about, is it worth it? So is this particular social situation the one that you want to use your coffee up on? And for example, the thing I really like about that is then you've got a measuring stick as well. So let's say it's like, well, I'm doing 10 coffees a month. Then you can, after a period of time, you can go, well, how's this working for me? Like, would it be that big a deal if I cut back to nine? Yeah. You know, you've got that kind of measuring stick where you can actually objectively improve over time and measure and see if that's different like see what different results you get i think that's really cool i like that one 
Yeah. And I mean, that can happen. Um, you can do that with fitness and stuff as well. Right. So yeah, maybe absolutely. give yourself like a couple free passes, a, a month or something like that and be like, well, if I don't do my fitness today, then I'm going to have to do it, yeah. you know, X times a week for the next couple weeks. And yeah. I think that strategy can really work because you're not actually depriving yourself in those situations. You're just selecting consciously selecting when you're going to indulge. Which is mm. great. That's so cool. Steph. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Good. Um, well, I really like the next one, which is, you know, offer the, if you're at a party, like, offer to take something. Like, it's yeah. often the simplest thing you can do, right? Because yeah. how often have you been to a party, you go, hey, can I bring a salad? And they go, no. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, damn right, because that's going to make it easier for me. Can I say that? Yeah, that's going to make it easier for me. Um, and so, you know, people very rarely are going to complain if you decide that you're going to bring the stuff. Or, or even if you're having a joint party, like, you know, sometimes I'll catch up with friends and we're having a barbecue or something. I'll say, yeah, you guys don't need to worry. Like, I'll bring all the meat and stuff. Like, you guys don't worry. I'll go do the shopping right because yeah. then you can control what's actually going to yeah. be there yeah and so you know everyone's always happy with that like everyone's always happy to just rock up and not have to worry about it and do you know what they won't even realize you did paleo <laughs> <laughs> and because you're going to build yourself a reputation of being a good cook as well like yeah. yana's got a few recipes that she just masters and <laughs> like brings along all yes. the time and i love it <laughs> so do you Steph. and you know we were talking about this before when we do social occasions with people that aren't paleo we just like go all out on making the most awesome thing ever just to prove that you can have tasty stuff and it be the most healthy and nutritious thing for your body oh, too. Which shh, I just tell them they might oh, be no. listening. Oh, no. <laughs> They're gonna know we're hitting them paleo. The is up. <laughs> well, believe me, the people who I know who are listening to this know that I'm feeding them paleo. <laughs> but that leads us into another situation, which is, I mean, as often as you can, you can offer it a host. Yeah. yeah <laughs> or you know, definitely. you pick the restaurant or suggest where you're gonna go, sort yeah. of thing. That gives you a whole other level of control. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then if people do bring non-paleo snacks, you don't have to eat them. Yep. And another one that I, I like, and this I think is, it's you know, it's nothing new. Um, and we've probably all heard it before, but eat something before you go. Like, that's such yeah, a good absolutely. way of making sure that you're not giving in to temptation based on the fact that you're hungry. Yeah, and something full of fat and protein. I mean, yeah. it probably goes without saying, but eat something that's, like, really going to fill you up and give you that massive satiety so that you get to the party and you're like, food, yeah, whatever, you know? Yeah. Make yeah. it easy on yourself. Yeah. It's funny because pre-paleo, that was my rule. Like, I always ate before I went to someone's house because I never knew when they were going to serve dinner because mm. I had all these sugar terrible crashes. sugar crashes, mm. right? Yeah. So I, if I was at someone's house and, like, trying to have a really good time and I could smell the food cooking, <laughs> like, I would start to get jittery. I'd start to get, like sweaty and anxious and and it was just absolutely terrible so i always would like have stuff in my purse like sneak off and go go <laughs> eat it because i just couldn't handle it and so incidentally going paleo it's so much easier because not only am i not hungry all the time but you know i can wait for dinner and i don't yeah. need to rely on all those appetizers and snacks and and because those tend to be the the least healthy bit of the night yeah. Right. If we're talking yeah. about a night or a picnic or whatever, it's always the snacks. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, there's usually something in a meal that you can find. And, and that, that, I guess, brings us to another point is that really there's usually something you can eat. Yeah. yeah. More than likely, there's going to be something that you can eat. I, I know people talk about this all the time, like, oh, I'm going to a wedding, so I'm, you know, it's going to be terrible. That's going to be my cheat day for paleo. But not only... Do people understand a gluten intolerance now? So when you RSVP to the wedding, you can usually say gluten intolerant. And not that I'd necessarily recommend making a fuss, but 
you know, weddings are fancy occasions. There's usually some sort of protein and vegetable at a wedding. Yeah. 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 And, and, but if you write paleo, they usually don't get it. That's been my right. experience. I've That's done right. that for a seminar before and, and I brought out a chocolate cool. cake and it was hilarious. Yeah. I don't know why. It was like a chocolate cake with a special little paleo label in it. And I'm like, <laughs> not quite sure you guys get what paleo is. Nah. Yeah. See, I've actually heard some opposite stories to that as well because um, going to a work function, what'll usually happen is, you know, they bring out all these sandwiches and stuff for everybody. And then the person who requested their specific food will end up with this like gorgeous chicken Caesar salad or <laughs> something like that. And then everyone's jealous at the end of the day. <laughs> nice. So. nice. I, another one um, that I guess I sort of stumbled across just naturally doing paleo is to do a fast, mm. you know, because um, so often when you change from that high carb, um, sugar-based diet with the peaks and troughs and go to nutritious whole food that's fat and protein-based and gives you that satiety, you just get halfway through the day and realize you haven't eaten. And so the same thing can apply going to a party or to an event. Um, you know, see if you are actually really hungry. And if you're not, then you can go, okay, I'm actually, I'm rocking up, I'm on the doorstep, there is no inkling of hunger at all here, so I'm just going to opt out of eating altogether. Yeah, and if you're not willing to do a fast and you eat before you go, mm. then really the the issue is moot, right? So you're mm. not going to be hungry if you've yeah. eaten a good meal before you go wherever you're going. It should be fairly easy to fast. Yeah, and I think you've got to be conscious with fasting. Like when you're recommending fasting to people, mm. it's, it's not about not eating and it's not about starving yourself. No, definitely like, not about like this starving. Isn't, you, you shouldn't be using fasting as like a, you know, I'm trying to lose weight so I'm not eating kind of thing, right? Like so... I just want people to be conscious and aware of that. But having said that, for, for most people who do have a, you know, I guess a healthy relationship with food, I think doing a fast is actually a really worthwhile exercise. Like um, one of the e-books I read on fasting, I think it was by a guy called Batoli, and I can't quite remember now, but it was a great little book. And, um, and one of the things they recommended was actually just to do a a 24-hour fast, which seems like a really long period of time. But actually, when you do it, it's like, okay, I have dinner one night, and then the next day, um, you know, I don't eat until dinner the next day. Um, And that's really useful because it does just really make you think about how you think about hunger and how you think about food. And it makes you realize that you kind of go through these little phases like because you smell something or even just habitually because, oh, this is dinner time or this is lunch time. And you kind of think, well, I better eat. But actually, when you just when you don't eat, you kind of go past that and go, oh, actually, I wasn't even really that hungry. Like, I actually feel like, hey, I'm not going to die because I didn't eat. I'm not going to starve to death. Like, we have this kind of relationship in our society because food is so prevalent and so abundant. And we just think that we have to eat all the time at these three regular square meals. But actually, when you don't do that, um, you realize that that's actually not the case. Like, there's this kind of story you've been telling yourself that actually isn't true, particularly as I said, if you're eating paleo, you're getting those fats and proteins. You've got that satiety in your diet. You actually don't need to eat three regular meals a day. If you don't feel hungry, you don't have to eat. Uh, and just because you're craving something because it's in front of you and it's got a certain smell and it's you know triggering certain reactions from pre-past experiences in your body, that doesn't mean you're actually hungry either. It just mm. means you're craving. So the book, which is a really interesting one, it's a free ebook you can get called Experiments with Intermittent Fasting, and it is Dr. John M. Barardi. I was close. And it's Precision Nutrition, so you can check that one out. We, thought we might put a link to that on the Facebook page so you can check that out. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a really interesting read, and it kind of goes into the pros and cons of intermittent fasting and, and takes 
takes quite a balanced view, so it's a good one to read, and we might do a whole episode on that later on, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. But I know for a lot of you, that's going to be a bit of an extreme. So yeah. some of you are getting pretty you know, pretty new to paleo and you really just want to know how to answer the questions, right? Yeah. So when you go to a party and uh, I think the most important thing is to not make a big deal about it. Definitely. Right. So when you go to a party, you don't walk in and say, oh, I can't eat anything. I can't eat that. I can't eat this. You know, (laughs) you're just going to do yourself a disservice and you're going to encourage that peer pressure and that questioning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so just by laying low, not making a big deal out of it, if people ask, I mean, you should be more than willing to answer, but briefly, you know. Yeah. And, and, and you know what, you don't even have to, like, you often think that you have to get into this massive, like, justification and answer of why and what and all that sort of stuff. But most of the time, someone says, oh, aren't you eating that? You go, yeah, no, I don't eat that. And that's it. Like, just stop. Don't feel like you have to go into a massive justification. Most of the time, people are happy with that and they move on. Whereas you can end up in this massive conversation trying to justify why you do what you do when it's actually not required. Rob Wolf, I was looking at his blog and he had a hilarious thing, but it makes perfect sense. So, you know, there's always going to be someone in the crowd who's going to heckle you. (laughs) But... Yeah. If they say, why aren't you eating that? <laughs> Rob's suggestion was to just respond and say, well, why are you eating that? And then walk away. And I absolutely love that because it shuts them up and, <laughs> and you know, they won't bug you again. Yeah. Nice. And maybe they'll even consider what they're doing. Nice. Yeah, oh, I like nice. it. And so one of the other ones that I always do when I'm at a party is just make sure I've got a glass of water in my hand. Yeah. Like, particularly for me, I think this was probably a big one when I stopped drinking. And that, you know, what I found was if I had a glass of water in my hand, not, hardly anyone would bug me. They'd be like, oh yeah, he's drinking something, that's all right. But if you're standing there with nothing in your hand, it's like, it's like this big vacuum that everyone just wants to fill. Like, here, drink something, <laughs> drink something, do something. You're missing out. What's going on? And so just, you know, if you don't want to be drinking the alcohol or the juice or the soft drink or whatever's going on, just get a glass of water and keep it in your hand and, you know, drink it, obviously, because water's great. But even if you're just holding a full glass of water, it just stops you from getting kind of bugged all the time. Mm. Tell them you're drinking vodka waters. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's but- it as well, I think, is um, so much of it is people are involved in themselves anyway but if they notice something that's off kilter it'll sort of jig their subconscious to bring attention to it but if you sort of behave and act in the way that everyone else is they're not going to notice you and and pull you up on stuff so even just having you know take your nuts and then you can have a handful of nuts so you're chewing on something if that's what it has to be yeah and realistically people are generally self-absorbed i know no one wants to hear that but (laughs) but really if you're not making a big fuss about it chances are no one's going to notice like Mm. if you're at a restaurant and you just order something off the menu and try not to make a scene about it and don't open the menu and be like oh there's nothing in here that i can eat you know yeah if you're not making a big Don't deal out of guy. it yeah. no one will notice like yeah. no one noticed like Yana and I said that when we host a party we serve paleo no one notices because everyone's talking and having a good conversation and and the food tastes amazing because it's organic and grass fed yeah, that's so, true. Is that too? <laughs> um, so I just want to come back a little bit to the kids' party thing, because right? I think this is something this that a lot your... of people have issues with, and a lot of parents are like, "So what do I do at a kids' party?" Because let's face it, 
you go to your average kids party nowadays and it's like a war zone if you're a paleo person I don't it's even like, want to know <laughs> it is it's unbelievable scary. you just like look around and go wow there's actually no food at this party and it's <laughs> unbelievable and so people go well, what do you do then like how do you get around that and so you know there's a few sort of things that I guess we do with our kids and things that you can think about and you know number one is you know talking to your kids about the food before you get to the party like as in not right before you go to the party but as in like all the time you know all day every day you talk to your kids you communicate with your kids about food about how it affects them about you know why they would choose to eat certain stuff over other stuff and so you want your kids to be educated and to understand how food affects their body and to demonstrate that to them and we've spoken about that before but then you know once you get to the party just know there's going to be stuff everywhere but the cool thing about a party is there's also lots of fun stuff going on everywhere so there's like toys there might be a bouncy castle there's a dog running around and there's like and so just look for fun things you can do with your kids that doesn't involve just hovering around the sugar bowl and just eating lollies or whatever it is so you know I kind of like to use just the simple distraction strategy with the kids like there's like a trampoline here so I'm like great Tom let's go jump on the trampoline and I make sure that I am just giving him the most fun experience he's having a ball at the party yeah meanwhile I'm distracting him away from like the kids that are over in the other corner smashing into lollies he doesn't know that he's having the time of his life like completely not missing out mm-hmm. um so so you know look for those sort of distractions look for ways that you can have a really fun experience rather than having to go oh donate that donate that donate that so the distraction thing is really cool obviously for the kids you know getting them to eat well before they go there obviously makes a big difference to them if they feel completely full and full up to the brim then they're not going to be going oh i want to eat i want to eat um, and then i know for us you know sometimes let them have something like seriously you're at a kids party there's lollies there's all sorts of stuff there like pick the thing that you reckon there is like the least offensive and sort of you know let them go at it like let them have something they're going to have it. They're going to feel like they're part of the party. Like, you know, they're playing past the parcel. That's always the worst one. Every single kid sitting around a circle going past the parcel with lollies in there. You can't have your kid, like, be the only one at the party not having the lolly inside the party. Unless, of course, they've got, like, an allergy and intolerance and they just can't eat it, in which case you don't do that. But, you know, our take on that is, like, we get him, he gets his little snake, we rip, like, the little head off of it and give it to him and kind of just tuck the rest away and tell him we're going to give it to him later, which we don't, and he hasn't figured it out yet. But, <laughs> but we, like, let him have a little bit and he eats it. And you know what? Then later on, if he is being a little bit tired or grumpy or, you know, we notice changes as a result of that food, then we talk to him about that too. And I think that's a really important part of the whole process for the kids is to explain to them, well, this is what happens when you eat that food. And this flat out... and. And that's not being like a killjoy for kids. That's just being honest with your kids. Like, it's important that your kids know that and that they understand the reaction food has within their body. And also it's important that they see that food as an exception that has consequences rather than a fun thing that you have when you're at parties. Because if they start to make links from that young age about junk food and feeling good and party and celebration... Think about what you're then teaching them for the rest of their lives, what links you're drawing between their brain and those foods. That's a massive, massive deal. So you really need to be conscious of that and and how you're communicating that. Yeah, and that's definitely the hardest part as a coach as well because everyone wants food rewards, right? Everyone wants to... Mm. To, you know, oh, I'm going to a party, it's going to be really fun, so I'm going to indulge in XYZ. Yeah. But remembering that, why is it actually that you're going to the party? I yeah. mean, is it, my take is that you're, you know, you're having a really fun time with your friends, you're having yeah. good conversation and good laughs, and you're making memories that way. 
I mean, yes, when I have a party, I serve delicious food, but you know, it's the, the, the objective of the party is to get together with those friends. Yeah. I'm just going to go back a little bit, Brett, because I have a question since yeah. I don't have kids. Um, how do you, you said that, um, don't, how did you say it? That it's, you don't want them connecting celebration with party, with food, with that reward yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So does that mean that you do give them some of that junk food at other times so they're not recognizing that they only ever have this really crap food if they're at a party? No, it's, it's just about the way you communicate with them. So right. it's about the way you talk to them about that food. Like, So you're not saying we're having this food because it's a celebration and we want to have lots yeah. of fun, so that's why we're eating this food. You're saying we, actually, we only eat this food sometimes because we know that when we eat this food, it makes us feel tired and grumpy and yeah. whatever. Right? So, so it's, just a, it's a change in the language and it's a change in the way you communicate what that food is and the links you're creating in your brain about that food. Right? Whereas, you know, other times I might say, well, you know what, we are going to have a celebration. So what we're going to do is we're going to go camp in a tent and spend some quality family time together. Yeah. Right? And so they still get rewards, yeah. but it's just different rewards. I'm drawing links in their brain between, you know, fun, healthy, outdoorsy activity and wanting to reward myself. Yeah. Right? Those are the, so consciously think about the links you want to create in their brain and make sure that when you are rewarding them, you're picking things like that that are actually going to create you know, positive links that they can take on with them for the rest of their life. Nice. And then presumably the idea would be that then they would go, why would you want to eat that food when you're celebrating and feel crap for it? That doesn't exactly. make sense. Exactly. Why would I want to punish myself when I'm supposed to be celebrating? That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, like I hope one. so. I hope so. Hope so. That it's would be a, awesome. Yeah, that'd be really cool. <laughs> it's a few years long we'll, we'll update you in, oh, in a decade like a or so. It's long experiment, I think. And, <laughs> yeah. and do you know what? There's going to be times when they go away from that, and I know there is going to be, and it's yeah. going to kill me, but that's an important part of their journey too. Yeah. Uh, and I just hope that by setting up the right foundations and the right links now, that they'll always have that point of reference to come back to. Yeah, yeah. that's good. So getting back to just not just kids, this of course does all apply to kids as well, but yeah. more well, generally. Do you, know, do you know what? I think all of the things I just said about the kids apply to adults yeah. so yep. much, right? Like all the <laughs> that's adults why I was are terrified, did you yeah. see? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same. Like we think of kids as being really simplistic and adults are always so much more complicated. We can't yeah. just keep it that simple, but it is that right. simple. That's right. It's yeah. our subconscious that's running in the background, formed as a child. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, another thing I was going to say is kind of along the lines of picking your outcome sometimes it's important to pick your priorities as well yeah. so I know recently I've kind of said as long as what I'm eating is gluten-free mm-hmm. you know other things get more of a free pass so lately I've had you know the odd potato or the odd um, dairy sort of thing when you're out at a restaurant instead of making a massive fuss and getting them to change the entire menu I've just been asking okay is that gluten-free yeah. Obviously making the best decision I can on the menu, but um, I, I think it is important to kind of pick your priorities and decide what's going to be important to you in your stage of the journey, especially for people who aren't 100% paleo yet. That might be a good way to strategize. Definitely. I yeah. like it. I definitely think it's, just, it's what you said is it's absolutely right. It's doing the best you can. Yeah. Picking what you've got available and going, okay, I am going to eat something here. So if I pick that, 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 and that, that's like the best I can do right now. And, and that's okay. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I guess as a final word on this, sometimes you just, you know, you're going to indulge and that's something you've said to yourself that you're going to do, but make sure you're indulging in something that you're actually going to enjoy. 
Like, don't be drinking some, like, warm, flat pop in the corner just because that's what's available. Like, make sure that you pick your indulgences and that they're going to be something that you enjoy because there's just no point, right? Why would you yeah. work so hard through through everything and then indulge in something you're really not going to enjoy? Yeah, that's interesting because as Luke and I have been on this journey, we've sort of... Well, I definitely have realized that there's foods that I'm just never, ever, ever, ever going to have again. Yeah. Because even though I did enjoy them in the past, the payoff is so minimal compared to something that I could make that would be a really nice paleo treat anyway and totally, you know, get get, get around that. It's, it's been a really interesting mindset thing. Yeah, and that's probably a really good point is that the longer you do it, the easier it gets. Like yeah. the more you make these good choices and the better you make the good choices between the parties as well as at the parties, yeah. then the easier the choices become at the party because your choice, your, your taste changes, your cravings change, your willpower changes. Like everything changes and it gets easier and easier and easier. And so, you know, don't knock yourself about, you know, understand that it's a process and that it does happen over a long period of time and that each ch- positive choice you make is just taking you one step closer to making it easier for you. Yeah, and one step closer to 100% health or, yeah. you know, your optimal health. Absolutely. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. So to recap, I think make sure you get clear on why you're doing paleo and start from there. So all your decisions are going to be a lot easier once you decide on your why. And I just wanted to loop back to that point to finish yeah. off yeah, today. definitely. Because a lot of you are just testing out paleo. I know you're listening to this podcast. You're not 100% paleo. And so these party situations might not, you know, might seem like that exception for you. And we just want to say that's totally fine. And we're so excited that you've gone paleo in even the littlest way. Just listening in, yeah. Yeah. So don't feel... Becoming informed. Yeah. Don't ever feel discouraged. We're always encouraging you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right. So until next week, check us out on Facebook, share your story and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Damien Christoph from The Wellness Guys here. Are you craving some downtime? Want to do it in luxury? Want to do it with the wellness guys and up for the chat girls? Well, if you answered yes, yes, and yes, then we'd love to have you as our guest at the Western Resort and Spa in Fiji for our first ever BFO wellness retreat in September. Experience two nights and three days of immersion on your body, mind, and soul. LT and Karen Smith will help you overcome any limiting beliefs and help you install or maintain your champion mindset. You'll work with Brett and Kim on creating movement patterns and self-care rituals to keep you at your best. And with Cindy Amira and myself will teach you how to eat and live and not to live to eat in a step-by-step program. For more information or to book your spot, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and click on shop.